Hello, and welcome to an all-new episode of No Guilty Pleasures, a pop culture podcast. I'm your host, little-known cartoonist Ken Holzhauser. I came to an epiphany years ago that there's no such thing as a guilty pleasure. I know there are movies, television programs, and music that are seen as guilty pleasures, junk food for the mind, but there's enough negativity in the world without feeling embarrassed by our own entertainment. It was made to be enjoyed, so enjoy it. Today we're going to take a little trip to 2006 to a movie that is nowadays seen as something of a misfire, but there's a lot to enjoy about it, and in fact, there are things in this movie that could teach modern films a thing or two. We're going to see Superman Returns. You've been gone a long time. Where did you go? Hello. Yeah, well, you've been gone. Fearless reporter Lois Lane is a mommy. But if you ask me, she's still in love with you know who. How could you leave us like that? I moved on. So did the rest of us. The world doesn't need a savior. I need the twine. This is kind of a little reunion, isn't it? Heck, I'm a fan. I'll have advanced technology. Thousands of years beyond what anyone could throw at me. But millions of people will die. Billions! You wrote that the world doesn't need a savior. But every day I hear people crying for one. Come on, let me hear you say it just once. You're insane. No! <laughs> no, it would be under me. Superman will not! In 1987, Superman 4, The Quest for Peace, starring Christopher Reeve, hit theaters. I ran to the movie theater to see it because obviously I wanted to recapture all of the fun and excitement that I remember from being about nine years old when Superman the movie came out. I was initially very excited. Here was Gene Hackman coming back, Margot Kidder, Christopher Reeve. What more could I ask for? I should be careful about things like that because what I really should have asked for was a coherent plot, a decent script, and a special effects budget that lasted somewhere beyond the hair dye that needed to 
color Christopher Reeve's hair. Uh, if there had been a trap door in that movie theater, I'd have taken it. It was a cringeworthy experience. However, from the time that movie left theaters, there was an active attempt to make another Superman movie for about 20 years. Almost immediately, uh, Marv Wolfman suggested that he was approached to help create a plot for a Superman 5, which would feature the Man of Steel facing down his enemy Brainiac. Having seen the visualization of Superman 4, The Quest for Peace, I'm a little skeptical that Brainiac would come out as anything other than really embarrassing. Still. Uh, Through the years, Kevin Smith created a storyline called Superman Lives, which also would have featured Brainiac, by the way. And uh, Tim Burton was at one point set to direct it, with Nicolas Cage, of all people, playing the Man of Steel. Later, J.J. Abrams created a storyline for a rebooted Superman franchise. I think he called it Flyby. I think that was the uh, I think that was the name for it in circles, uh, which was going to completely rewrite the mythos with there being a civil war on Krypton, and Kal El being sent to Earth to get away from all of those shenanigans and eventually come back. And uh, it's very confusing, and it's not really linear. Brian Singer was the person for whom Warner Brothers felt cracked the code by deciding that he wanted to do these movies as a direct sequel to the Richard Donner classics. In fact, going so far as to say that only Superman and Superman 2 existed canonically and we could ignore everything else. Ignore Richard Pryor, you say? Well, I know. You got to take the rough with the smooth. He said about casting... Uh, trying to find a young actor of uh, such earnestness to play Superman, and it took quite a while. Happily, he'd settled upon a little-known actor named Brandon Routh, who impressed during his audition by meeting Brian Singer at a coffee shop, bumping into the table, and spilling hot coffee everywhere, giving Singer pause to believe that he had perhaps found the Clark Kent he had been looking for. Kevin Spacey was always in the picture to play Lex Luthor, and the idea was to directly address the fact that there hadn't been a Superman movie for years by making the plot of the film Superman leaving the Earth for an extended period of time and people moving on. By itself, that's a very interesting idea, and in fact, there's a little bit that's played with that idea throughout the movie. I like the idea that Martha Kent is perhaps dating, maybe moving on. Lois Lane now has a fiancé and a child, uh, more of which to come. And there's a general feeling that the world has moved on. And I kind of of feel like there's a missed opportunity in the film for not really addressing that. The fact that Superman himself is looking backwards in the film. He leaves because he has been told that astronomers have found Krypton and that he is going back to it. There were deleted scenes, according to Cal Penn, where his character was a disgraced former Daily Planet reporter who's who actually planted the story that there were scientists who found Krypton at the behest of Lex Luthor, specifically to get Superman out of the picture. That would have been, actually, that would have been great. That would have helped because uh, the basic logic of the story kind of falls apart. You've got a floating Marlon Brando head at the Fortress of Solitude that tells you Krypton is destroyed. You had three Phantom Zone criminals who came up and confirmed Krypton is destroyed. 
Why on earth would Superman spend the next five years of his life getting into a spaceship, uh, cramming himself into a crystal chandelier so that he could fly off to the remains of Krypton only to verify, yeah, it's still dead? Logic aside, uh, Superman himself is maybe the biggest problem the movie has. Superman, as a character, is about action. Superman, as a character, is about compassion. In the movie, Superman is specifically a backwards-looking character. He's sad because he wanted to go to Krypton, and it turned out there was no such Krypton. Then he comes home to find out that everybody in his life has moved on, and there, nothing has been left in stasis for him. I find that fundamentally flawed because, to me, the character of Superman is a forward-thinking character. He is a character of action, a character of compassion. I'm not knocking Brandon Routh's performance because he is doing absolutely the best he can with the material. In fact, Brandon Routh is a very charming, very likable actor. I'm sure he was cast because he has an eerie similarity in speech pattern and aspect to Christopher Reeve. But the truth is, he is himself a very likable and earnest young man, and that comes across very well, particularly in his portrayal of Clark Kent. Actually, that's probably helped by the fact that Clark Kent has way more lines in the movie than Superman does. Superman is not uh, not a very verbal character in this film. He tends to mope. He I don't know where this came from. But there is definitely an early 21st century idea that it is a real drag to be Superman. I don't know if it's that Five for Fighting song or what, but there's been an overwhelming feeling in pop culture that the weight of being Superman is so difficult. I think Henry Cavill plays it that way, in certainly in Batman v Superman, colon Dawn of Justice, but... That I never saw the character that way. I've never seen him feel that being Superman is a burden. I've always seen him as the, with the idea that being Superman is a privilege and it's a responsibility. Some of the problems with the movie, as told, are the fact that some of the parts are simply uh, miscast. I don't mind some of the older actors. I think Kevin Spacey problematic as he is these days is perfectly fine as Lex Luthor and um, I like some of the uh, some of the older actors in the film Franklin Langella as uh, Perry White was a last minute replacement for Hugh Laurie but he does add a grown-up perspective to the proceedings my problem essentially is that Brendan Routh and Kate Bosworth are both incredibly young and incredibly young looking they talk about five years that Superman has been gone, which makes me think that both Lois and Clark were in primary school around the time before Superman left. Kate Bosworth is just simply too um, girlish to portray the hard-bitten Lois Lane. It's, it's a flaw that I have with the movie. Now, what do I like about the movie since we're talking about pleasures? Well... <laughs> One of the things is that the the thing the movie gets 100% right is Superman's focus. In this movie, Superman saves people. He saves people a lot. And I think that that is one of the aspects of superheroes 
that is a little missing from modern cinema. We get the spectacle of them using their powers. We get the, the fantasy of them squaring off against some sort of an opponent. But Superman, of all of the superheroes at its core, was created as a response to overwhelming forces. When Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster created Superman, it was very much in the uh, the shadow of World War II, an impending war where bullies were threatening young Jewish kids like themselves. Superman was a champion of the masses. In this film, there are extended sequences of Superman saving the people of Metropolis, which are a treat. The the probably the standout scene in the film that everybody likes is the scene where Superman rescues a plane. It's uh, it's done in almost punishing detail, certainly for the people inside the cockpit and inside the cabin, but it's a delight in the film, largely because you get to see the you get to see Superman struggling to rescue these people. You get to feel the weight of the responsibility of rescuing these people. And because he rescues the plane, spoilers, and drops it into the middle of a baseball field, you get a a crowd cheering for him, which is the thing that I think is the most missing from modern Superman movies, is the people should love Superman. Superman rescuing a plane, making his first public appearance after five years, the people are losing their minds with glee. There's cheering, and you see people watching this on their televisions in bars or watching it in the newsroom, and everybody is screaming, and everybody is happy, and they're hugging each other, and they're throwing their arms in the air. And that's how it should be. I grant you that Man of Steel comes at an original premise, which is that perhaps the public would be a little weary of Superman, but in fairness, that doesn't feel right. It's not heroic. It's not... It's not the character. Having everybody cheer because Superman has returned to save people, that feels so much better. I wish the movie had done something a little bit more with Superman as a character, learning how to look forward and move on. You get a little bit of it at the end. There is a suggestion in the film, actually a pretty strong suggestion, that Lois Lane's child is in fact Superman's child from their uh, one cozy evening in Superman 2. I certainly don't know how I feel about that. I don't like the idea that of Superman as an absentee father, certainly. But it does create this idea that Superman is now ready to start looking to the future instead of wallowing in the past. Him um, echoing Marlon Brando slash Jor-El's lines to him about the father becoming the son and the son becoming the father is actually quite touching and it's a nice coda for this particular movie and the Richard Donner universe of Superman. There's a lot to like about this movie. I wish I liked it a little bit more, I grant you, but the things that it does right, it does really, really right and it's absolutely worth your time. And if nothing else, Brandon Routh is a worthy Superman. I feel like the movie maybe doesn't have as much, um, say, faith in his performance as I do, but he's really good, and I feel that he comes across very heroically. 
you could nitpick all of the things that are questionable, whether it's costume choices or casting choices. You could do that if you want. I mean, that's fine. But if you look at this film versus the modern slate of superhero action movies, you see that there's more of a focus towards protecting people and accepting your responsibilities, and that can't be a bad thing. It just can't. I think it's a fun movie to revisit every so often, and I encourage everybody to revisit it themselves. Find the things you like about it, because that's really what it's all about. I'll see you next time on No Guilty Pleasures, a pop culture podcast. Looking for something new and exciting in comics? Perhaps that other dynamic duo, The Quick and the Dad. It's a love letter to the DC, Marvel, Archie, and Harvey comics of my youth. Available now in print and digital from IndiePlanet.com. Within the pages of The Quick and the Dad, you will find supervillains, dad jokes, strange, exciting worlds, really goofy supervillains, and bad puns. I promise. Each issue will delight and confound you in equal measure, and it's available now in print and digital from IndiePlanet.com.